<laughs> Not one time is that character referred to as the guy with that. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to No Script, an unscripted conversation about theater's best scripts. I am Jackson Nikolai. And I am Jacob Mann Christensen. Yes, and welcome back, everyone. We're going to jump right in today to a play by a playwright that we have spoken about before. Um, this is another play by Stephen Adley Gerges. We've done Jesus Hop the A-Train by him before. And uh, this week, we're talking about another one of his plays. And I got to, like, just to say the title, I got to do the uh, the warning right at the start of the show. That's right, we're- which means those of you who love Stephen Adley Gerges' plays, you already know which one we're doing. <laughs> but right, Jackson's right. going to give our language warning and then say the title. Yes, in, in general, we try to keep it pretty clean around here, but this play uh, has has quite a bit of language in it, so uh, we will invariably end up talking uh, or saying some of the language from the play just in the title alone. So if you have any little ones around or if you're at work, throw in the headphones right now and uh, we will proceed as planned now. We're talking about the motherfucker with the hat this week. <laughs> That's right. Stephen Adley Gerges played the motherfucker with the hat. Uh, the last time we talked about this play, right, when we were doing Jesus Hop the A-Train, I just talked about what an inventive, incredible titler Stephen Adley Gerges is. He's the, yeah. the way that he titles his works is just incredible. He's a master of it. And this play is perhaps one of my favorite titles of all time. Uh, the, the, the piece of language in it, of course, the F word that gets dropped makes it hard to publicize. And right. different people have done different things with it. So I recognize that that's a challenge with this title. But man, is it memorable. Man, yeah. is it impactful. Man, is it funny. <laughs> it grabs you right away. Jumps off the shelf at you. That is right. So before we hop into discussions about the script, we do want to ask everybody to please hop on over to patreon.com slash no script podcast. Again, patreon.com slash no script podcast. If you're sitting at your computer right now, just whatever you're doing, pause for two minutes, go to that website while I'm talking. While you're there, please become a patron, a supporter of No Script Podcast. What we do, we love doing. We think it's worthwhile. It's fun for us, but it's not free. We have hosting fees. We have an uh, almost uncountable number of hours that we put into uh, the work that we're doing. And then, of course, scripts that we can't find at our local libraries we've got to purchase in order to be able to talk about them effectively. So there are monetary costs associated with the podcast that we are asking you to help us out with. Please go over to patreon.com slash no script podcast. There's various tiers. You can pick what you can do to support us monthly. The lowest tier, $1 a month, $12 a year. I know many of you listening that would just hand me $12 if I asked you for it. So all you got to do is just do the extra step of signing up. So please go on over there, pick your support level. There's various you know things that you'll have access to as a result of doing that. Patron only posts at a certain tier, you'll become kind of a producer of the show and you'll get name cred on the show so please go on over become a supporter of the show we love what we do but we need your help to do it yes definitely and like jacob said it's just one dollar and that one dollar helps us immensely like you can have a lot of impact and help for this show for that one dollar amount so head on over to patreon.com slash no script podcast and we'll see you over there so Jumping into the play, we do like to synopsize things, or I'm sorry, c- contextualize and then synopsize things real quick, and I have context this week. We do both, we do both, but I'm not doing synopsis this week. Um, <laughs> we're, uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a little bit about the context of the play. Relatively new play, uh, less than 10 years old. Its first production was in 2011 um, at the Broadway's Gerard, hmm, Gerald Schoenfeld Theater in April 11th of 2011. And that production starred Chris Rock in his Broadway debut as uh, one of the characters in the show, Bobby Cannaval, Annabelle Sciorra, Elizabeth Rodriguez, and Yul Vazquez. Um, that uh, production ran for a couple months, and then it had uh, a production out in San Francisco in 2013, and then uh, got word in 2015 that it was going to have its UK premiere as well. So uh, it's been all around and, and over the place. Uh, it's uh, had a number of awards and nominations. Uh, let's see, what did it win here? Uh, a number of the actors 
won different things. It was nominated for a lot of things, but the things it won was for the actors' portrayals, which were which were very very powerful. And and, and the script in general, like, is just powerhouse characters. So yes, and and those of you who listen to at least a few episodes now will know that I often like to give a shout out to the work that the LA Theater Works are doing in recording great productions of plays, just for listening purposes. And this production, you can buy the motherfucker with the hat. It's like three dollars or five dollars or something for you to buy the production and the cast is the original Broadway cast so you're getting that amazing cast of Chris Rock Bobby Cannavale those that team is doing it and their performances are absolutely incredible it is one of the best audio plays I have ever heard it plays so well just in it in its audio form so really recommend you do that you can hear some really just absolutely incredible performances from that team uh, in this play. Yeah, 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 and 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 like you said, the 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 play lends itself already to these to these really intricate relationships between the characters, and that cast it was just an amazing cast. So definitely check out that audio recording. It's it's one of the few times that you can still in posterity kind of look back and and get a feeling for what the the original Broadway show was like. Absolutely. So the play itself is actually, it is about a couple or a pair of couples living in New York City. Many of his plays are set in New York City and the life of the city, the pulse of the city becomes sort of the backdrop of a lot of these plays and this play is no exception. Five characters, two couples. The first couple is Jackie and Veronica. They're to a, I mean, with only five characters, it's hard, you know, they're all main characters, really. But Jackie and Veronica's relationship is maybe the main plot driver for what occurs throughout the play, although I'm not sure it's the main relationship of the play, but it's certainly the one that drives the plot at its core. Uh, Jackie is an ex-con recently out of prison for drug dealing. He's come back. He's living with Veronica. They've been together since the eighth grade. He comes back. He's getting a job. And in the first scene, the inciting incident scene, he discovers or believes he discovers evidence that she's been cheating on him, which sends him sort of into a rage. He uh, is a former alcoholic and drug addict. And he has a sponsor named Ralph. Ralph was the character Chris Rock played, if you're interested. And so the next scene shows Jackie at Ralph's trying to figure out what to do about the fact that Veronica has cheated on him. He wants a gun for some reason. Uh, Ralph is telling him, you know, you can't can't go out and get a gun. You can't do something stupid. Trying to urge him on the right path. Basically, the plot follows down as Jackie struggles with what he's going to do, knowing that Veronica cheated on him. We learned that Jackie also cheated on Veronica multiple times. He has an opportunity to sleep with Victoria, who is Ralph's wife and also longtime friend, I think. Uh, eventually, they end up at Cousin Julio's, who's the fifth character, and Cousin Julio is supposed to hide the gun for Jackie because Jackie <laughs> shot a hat on the floor and it bounced into somebody's apartment. All kinds of crazy stuff happening, circling around this central fact late in the script, which is it's discovered that the person that Veronica has been cheating on Jackie with is none other than ba ba bum Ralph. Ralph, the sponsor and best friend, has been dun, cheating. Dun, dun. Well, I mean, I don't know if he's been cheating. Is that what you'd call it? He he was the person Veronica was cheating with. Much of the rest of the play revolves around the aftermath of that news coming out. That's a basic right. high-level synopsis. Yeah. And uh, we'll dive in from here. Yeah, yeah. So, so just everyone is kind of some version of awful people throughout this play. Um, you, you have everyone kind of stabbing each other in the back, reacting to each other, and uh, and and reacting to each other, stabbing each other in the back. <laughs> that seems to be the way that this all goes. And who controls the information throughout this play seems to be a good deal of the power structure through the play. Who knows what? When does the audience know what? And and that slow kind of controlled release of information is what makes a lot of this play really intriguing that you don't know it's a short play my, my script is only 50 some pages long and um, the first six of those are you know introduction and stuff so um, it's a short play and yet it manages to draw out for quite a long time uh, the release of the information of for in, for instance the big the big plot drop that Ralph is the one cheating on his wife Victoria but with Jackie's girlfriend Veronica 
That's right. And a, and a great example of the slow release of information or the delayed release of information that doesn't have to do with the major reveal is that we learn about Jackie having cheated on Veronica, not until scene three. It's very interesting. Scene one is the scene where Jackie discovers what's going on. Scene two is Jackie at Ralph's house and Ralph talking him down from uh, falling off the wagon and shooting somebody. Scene three is where they're at Cousin Julio's. And it's discovered that Jackie did get the gun and did go intimidate somebody. And then Ralph says, now you got to tell the story from the beginning, Jackie, from the beginning, Jackie, you got to tell the the whole story to Julio. And that's finally when the audience learns the whole story, (laughs) not just the story about (laughs) shooting the hat. That's the later story, but all the pre story, which it would have been interesting to know earlier. But now we know now some of those things that we learn are that Jackie's had a, a, a female sponsor for a while that he ended up cheating on Veronica with. Veronica was angry with him for cheating on her with this sponsor, and that might be why maybe she cheated on Jackie, which is why Jackie's haunches are up and why he reacts to this supposed evidence. Mm Mm-hmm. That that, that scene in general is just, uh, you're right, it's like hilarious hilarious and uh, um, almost infatuating to try to figure out what's going on in the scene because he starts and he has the gun and he's talking about trying to hide the gun and we just finished a scene of him saying he wouldn't use a gun for violence and so (laughs) we're left to assume for a good portion of that scene that he's there because he shot someone and we're not sure who it is. It's been established that his downstairs neighbor is the guy with the hat who want the hat winds up in, in uh, his apartment guy with the hat. <laughs> <laughs> not one time is that character referred to as the guy with the hat. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. <laughs> <clears throat> well, we're going to contain the number of F words in this episode so that we don't get censored and call right. him the guy with the hat. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's 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 the tactic. Anyway, <laughs> discovered that he did not in fact kill him that he instead brought the hat to him and dropped it on the floor and then shot it in front of him maybe multiple times yeah (laughs) Um, i mean certainly at least once because the result was that the bullet hit the floor through the hat ricocheted off broke a tv went through the wall into the next guy's apartment who happened to be (laughs) home so now jackie has fleed the scene of a crime discharging a weapon inside somebody's home yep and now needs to offload the weapon so there's that slowly being unveiled but then uh, additionally you 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 you're kind of shocked when you get to hear the whole story that wow there's a whole lot more that we didn't realize was going on previously right because of course Jackie up until that moment seems to be the innocent victim. Now, let's say he's the innocent victim in the world of the play. And the world of the play is the world of terrible people and people who (laughs) have uh, at least a very, very different life than me. And so, you know, how I would qualify Jackie as the innocent victim can only be in the context of this play. And at least in the first two scenes, it seems like he's just this guy, this normal guy in the world of Stephen Adley Gerges that got cheated on. (laughs) Poor guy. And now he's reacting terribly and he's going to fall off the wagon. And oh, man, no, don't do that. And oh, don't, no, don't get a gun. be so stupid Jackie and then he says he won't and then we learn he's not so innocent even (laughs) in Stephen Adley Gierges world (laughs) right (laughs) yeah yeah and and yeah then then later on we discover he's he's uh kind of kind of maybe cheating with Victoria as well that's a complicated relationship too so so yeah he's he's definitely his hands are not not clean throughout this play by any means. That that middle scene is a weird kind of crux point in a lot of ways for the play because it's it's two scenes in. You've already invested quite a bit of time into these characters and then you have to reestablish 
your relationship with them all of a sudden. Right. And of course, not just does Jack, it's not just that Jackie admits to uh, having cheated and all this stuff that make us think, oh, maybe he's not as quote unquote innocent as we thought. But another character accuses him of not being such a great guy either. And and the, the lens sort of shifts. Cousin Julio, first scene for Cousin Julio, hilarious character, sort of strong opinions, uh, very kind of a kooky, weird guy in general. And yep. he and he and Ralph have some hilarious interactions where they're trading business cards because they're both sort of on this small business, own my own entrepreneurship kind of a thing. And they're both really into health food. And, and Jackie's just distraught about this gun and he's trying to get them to talk about this, but they're talking about all that. Very funny character. But the scene basically ends with Julio saying, listen, I'm going to take your gun and I'm going to hide it. But here's the deal. I'm only doing it because of your mother, because of how much I loved your mother, who, who we've learned is dead. I'm not doing it for you. In fact, I don't even like you. Yeah. You're a crappy person. Here's all the ways that you're a crappy person. This is why I don't want to hang out with you, why I don't want to see you. Get out. I'll take mm-hmm. you. I'll hide your gun because we're family, because of your mother. I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah, and in and and one of the kind of more memorable lines of the play, he says that he, he calls Jackie a user and a, and a user of people specifically, that it's always about him, that the world seems to revolve around him whenever he comes into the room and he can't imagine how someone wouldn't help him out or something like that. And if and, and just just e- either just help me or don't. But either way, I need to go is kind of Jackie's attitude in, in, in this room. And Julio calls that out and he's and he he's. He calls out that he would like to spend time with him. He's family. He he wishes that there could be a relationship there, but Jackie doesn't seem to have the time of day to spend on him. Yeah, and 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 that's certainly one of the lenses we get. You know, we we have really interesting perspectives on all the characters where we see the, the things that they do that make us squirm. But are are they just terrible people, Jackson? I mean, why i mean do we just write them off they're just awful awful and that's the end i mean why why see the why see this play why spend this time with these people it's a good question um it, it's i mean there's certainly the initial layer of many of these characters can be pretty prickly um when when you're interacting <laughs> <Yeah>. with them <laughs> Prickly, um, yeah. Prickly. Um, especially, and, and some of them, when you get deeper, it's not any better. For instance, Ralph's character, not a whole lot oh, better and when fact, you get deeper. It's interesting that you mention Ralph because Ralph is the opposite, really, isn't he? He yeah. starts off not prickly. He's the yeah. character, really, of the whole group who see, you know, everybody swears a million F-words a minute. But setting that aside, he's the one who's got his life together, who seems kind, who seems yep. to genuinely care about what's going on, who has good ideas, smart yeah. plans, seems reasonable. And then we discover a very prickly underbelly. <laughs> and really, what what we discover about Ralph, maybe for me, becomes the core theme of the play. But let's talk mm. about that later. So that's sure. Ralph, but then what do we discover about everybody else? Everybody else has this kind of prickly, maybe other than Julio, has this sort of kind of a gross, tough outer layer. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, I mean, the, so the other two characters we haven't talked too much about yet are Veronica and Victoria. Veronica uh, <laughs> comes at Jackie with a bat at some point in the play. She, um, she, we, we meet her talking on the phone to her mom as she's like, you know, snorting a line of coke and cleaning up the room and, and uh, eventually is being accused of, of having an affair and defending that, even though we find out later that she did in fact have an affair that, that, uh, that time even. Um, uh, so, so, so definitely kind of a, a very violent personality from Veronica. And then uh, Victoria we meet uh, initially, and she's kind of yelling from the other room that she wishes Ralph would die. Uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, Victoria's (laughs) first line, I think uh, Ralph is talking with Jackie and saying, you know, you should get your life together. Don't go get a gun. And he says, "Uh, hey, Victoria, could you make my sponsee a nice nutritional beverage, please? I I think her first line is, Go fuck yourself, Ralph. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, we used one. Probably yep, at least three others on the title. So <laughs> Yeah, you can keep track. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so all the characters uh, initially have this 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 wall up except for maybe Julio. I think Julio seems to be kind of a welcoming person. 
Julio is a is a balm in Gilead. <laughs> you know, I mean, an oasis in the desert. <laughs> right. He seems We're- nice at first. And then he is nice. It turns out he's pretty nice. Hallelujah. <laughs> he does seem to have some insensitivities, I guess, if we're looking for bad traits in people. No, what he... are you doing? No. <laughs> Don't comes do it, with, Jackson. He comes in with beer for them, and he must surely know that they're alcoholics. Okay. Um, <laughs> look, he's a little socially awkward. He's a little weird. He doesn't pick up on social cues very well. Sure. He, he speaks in a very odd way, but none of that is, none of it's <laughs> dastardly. No, surely What a surely sweet, not. innocent man <laughs> who who also loves to point out how he's capable of great violence. Right, right. I, well, he does do that quite a bit. Yeah, he like compares himself to Jean-Claude Van Damme and that he'll go all oh, Van Damme that, on people. That is so funny. He uses that <laughs> phrase just a ton. He has, I think, three scenes. And in the in the final two scenes, he's talking about how he's going to beat up Ralph for Jackie a lot. And so the code word they use is Van Damme. Is yep. it Van Damme time? Van Damme is ready. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, so, so with the exception of Julio, we'll give Julio a pass. Pretty, pretty... Um, Prickly people in general. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, the, the the outer layer that you meet of three of the five characters, setting aside Ralph and Julio, Veronica, Victoria, and Jackie, these three characters are tough, bad people, it seems like at first, <laughs> with almost no redeemable qualities. They're willing to cheat on each other without, without thinking about it. They're willing to scream horrendous the worst insults you've ever heard in fact the back of my script talks about how this is like the best insulting since shakespeare i mean just (laughs) creative incredible incredibly written insults but also terrible i mean they just seem to they all seem to have this ability to just spew vitriol at each other terrible so i mean why would you why do you spend time with these people do you discover anything (laughs) more about them you discover that they're scrapping. Uh, one of the big, like, they're 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 people who are fighting hard for life. <laughs> um, I think that is one of the big redeeming qualities in in really all the characters is that they are that they're they're trying really hard, and life is really hard for them. Um, it's not it's not like they uh, would want to give up some of the things that they're giving up or trying to give up. Um, I, I think uh, towards the end, Jackie talks about uh, I. I, I I don't want to live like I don't want to spoil too much. We'll get there eventually, but he doesn't want to live like Ralph um, because uh, he gave up the Heineken and all the drinking and all that so that he could so he could live better than that. Um, so so there is this this kind of underlying. This is this is all really hard. This is all happening around me, and I'm doing the best I can. Sort of vibe from especially uh, Jackie and uh, at least Ralph. Uh, says that he's trying to live that way. That's his claim, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you, Jackson. I, t- I don't actually think these are very bad people, setting Ralph aside. Um, <laughs> the, four of these five people, I think, are actually decent people at heart, and that's what ends up being redeemable in the play, what you discover amidst so much filth. And I, I think I mean that intentionally, not as a slight to the script, but I think that's what Stephen Edley Gerges is going for. This just sort of dark world where everybody makes bad choices and says terrible things. And what you sort of truffle around for are these moments where you see a, a deeper personhood that is uh, r- remarkable and respectable. Look, these these are people that have lived really tough lives. Not only are all of them fairly fairly poor and just don't have a lot going for them, have to scrap for everything, but they've also lived tough lives. They've had tough experiences and they reveal some of those experiences. You know, at one point, Jackie reveals that he, he was growing up in a world where they would have to run away from neighborhood kids who might shoot them. You know, so you you start to understand the world of the characters and you start to see that those initial things that seemed like, oh, they're such terrible people because of this, this and this might be more manifestations of the lives that they lived. So it's not their core personhood. What you discover, uh, discover underneath is a willingness to do really terrible things, to cheat on each other, to hate each other, to want revenge on each other, to want to shoot each other. 
but also to do really kind things and, and to reveal really vulnerable things, to want to take care of each other and reach out and, and feel very deeply. You know, I'm, I'm thinking specifically of Veronica. I'm sorry, no, Victoria. The scene between Victoria and Jackie, I think, is a remarkably touching scene. And it starts with, in only our second meeting of Victoria, them make Jackie and Victoria, who are not married, who are married to other people, uh, making out, and they're not, Jackie's not married, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, yep. Jackie with and Victoria people. are making out, and they're th- they're, the whole scene is about whether or not they're going to cheat. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, immediately your, your haunches are up. Well, these, well, how can they cheat on each other like this? How can they be talking about it so openly? But gosh, Victoria reveals a really vulnerable, touching underbelly. And she she says things that I think really pin Jackie to the wall about who he is and the decisions he makes and who he aligns himself with. Yeah, and his trust of Ralph. Um, right. she, she She really brings out... She she knows. <laughs> well, we discover through this scene that she knows that Ralph and Veronica have been cheating, that Ralph has been cheating on her with Veronica, and it's been happening for a long time. Happened back before when Jackie was in prison, when Ralph would bring Veronica to prison to visit him. They would uh, stop in a town, get a hotel room. She has proof on her credit card of a hotel room and pizza uh, that was bought there. And uh, so she knows, she knows that they've been cheating and she, yeah, she really draws out of Jackie. Why do you trust him pretty much? Why, wh- how are you letting him pull this wool over your eyes um, in, in, in that? And, and I agree that scene is really touching. I would also argue that the Veronica and, and Jackie scenes have both the most vitriolic language and the most touching language within them. Oftentimes in the same scene, <laughs> Yeah, I, I've heard this play called unromantically romantic, right? That actually the core romance between Jackie and Veronica, if you're willing to root for it, you know, if you're willing to dive into the muck of all the other crap that's going on in their lives and all these bad choices these people make, the core relationship is it kind of is romantic. It's the sense that these two people who are hurt and suffering and who have a hard life partially because of the bad decisions they've made are reaching out and trying to make something better and they're kind of failing at it. But still you see, I don't know, that like their souls leaning towards trying to make something better happen. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I I mean, I think a lot of their relationship would depend on how you chose to stage the play, but they they are both similar levels of abusive to each other. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I, I think that that if you if you hit that, it can be this is this is a weird ground to be in. If you hit that, <laughs> it can come across as quite sweet in the in the in a stage relationship. Right? Like these two people <laughs> and yeah, here we go. Um, I'm, I'm getting, yeah. There's well, there's like <laughs> that's an interesting statement. <laughs> when when people are equally uh, uh, able to yell at each other on stage, when the power uh, dynamic is such that they are equally uh, 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 viciously engaged with each other, <laughs> it can produce a uh, rather than a uh, a kind of a, a gross, terrifying feeling on stage. This dynamic of they're still in love with each other and fighting for the love somehow. It's just yes, also Yes, yes, I see what you mean. So so <laughs> I think that what you're saying is that in the scenes where Jackie and Veronica are yelling and so angry and they're fighting, in which they do two out of three scenes, almost the whole scene, um, when they're doing that, you get the sense from the amazing character writing that they're not, they, they, they're not doing this because they have a deeper... Um, hate towards each other. They're they're feeling so strongly and they're at such odds because they care so deeply about each other. And Mm -hmm. that causes in them a wellspring of hurt when they feel like they've been betrayed. A wellspring of anger when they feel like the other person is, is making bad decisions. A great example of this is in that first scene when Jackie accuses Veronica of cheating on him and Veronica's of course all up in arms. I've never cheated. How dare you F you f you how could you f and say that i would f and cheat on you you f and piece of s and etc uh, but even then when jackie is so distraught that he pulls out a bottle you can see veronica's veneer of anger sort of crack and she go are you really gonna drink 
Are you really going to ruin your life? Everything you, you know, there's a deeper care there. Whereas yeah. a, a character root, inspired by and rooted by hate might be encouraging Jackie to drink. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in her position of someone who is not willing to give up drinking uh, at the time. Like, yeah, I, I agree that that scene kind of shows uh, a, a deeper level for them underneath it. Now, now in the next scene, she knocks him out with a bat. But <laughs> well, yeah, but he's That's so like, drunk in the next scene. But, so oh, but she does exactly. that after revealing uh, a deeper vulnerability, right? That's right. what for me the the play is so intriguing. One because of Ralph, who I think we're saving for a later conversation here, yep, and yep. two because of the the way that the characters reveal how vulnerable they truly are. They have these tough, uh, almost inaccessibly vile exteriors, and they have a deeper, tender vulnerability that they choose to let out in moments. So in the scene you're talking about, Jackie shows up drunk after he's discovered that he, that Veronica and Ralph have been the ones cheating on him. He finally goes off the wagon, shows up drunk. He's saying terrible things, singing this song about – the whole song's about F you, Veronica. And eventually she has this touching monologue about – all this about, I, I understand that you're in pain, but what about all these things that you failed for me? What about the fact that we're not married yet and we don't have kids and I never got to go back to school and, and you ha- you're not the same person that was in my heart so long ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it, and, and that, that veneer, or maybe not veneer, but that, that, that shell of of uh of 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 their kind of vitriolic relationship begins to crack a little bit and you get to see into something a lot th- that undercurrent that we've been talking about that that this this history that has been with them since like middle school yeah since <laughs> especially eighth those grade. Two. and look in order to to see this it's going to require strong performers yeah that that are going to be able to find the this emotional vulnerability in the midst of tactics by other means. And so that's one of the reasons why I think the LA Theater Works recording is so so worth listening to because the performances are so strong. And so I, I don't know what experience you would have if you went and saw this just at the local place and right. maybe the performers didn't quite have it in them. And that's not to say local performers don't have it in them, but just that this I think that this script requires some folks that can really show the the dual layer of people. I mean, that's some of what the script is about, right? Is that and, and Jackie actually says this. It's sort of funny how people can be more than one thing at the same time. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. They can yeah, be I, vile, I, gross people, and at the same time, really touching, sympathetic souls. Right. And and we as the audience are kind of invited into that struggle that the that the actors are also asking. Like when you are shown those moments of of beauty, it's like, oh, I do really like you. That's right. <laughs> and then then uh, you know, next scene sometimes it can flip it pretty quickly. The 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 biggest uh, culprit of that is Ralph. Yeah. I feel like. And look, I to me, I don't know if you agree with me or not, Jackson. I think if you remember one character of this play, you're gonna remember Ralph. Yeah. Either yeah. The only reason you would remember Jackie over Ralph is because of Ralph did to, what Ralph did to Jackie. Right, and and maybe because <laughs> Jackie has more lines, but Ralph is a, I think, is an incredible character. Yeah. What a fascinating person. What a incredible journey to try to follow <laughs> Ralph's undoing, sort of, I guess. Right, yeah. The reveal of, of what he actually is. And and what what a weird way for the actor too to like have have this secret that they get to keep for most of the play that you slowly not even slowly that you all of a sudden get to show off. Yes. <laughs> in in one scene out of nowhere. So describe for us Jackson I mean, what is it? What what is Ralph that makes him so interesting? What do we learn or discover or see about him? Yeah, well, he's an enigmatic, charismatic, kind of edgy advice-giving sponsor to Jackie. He's, uh, you know, he's an entrepreneur. He has this, like, health powder business that he sends uh, different shakes and proteins and vitamins to different workout places. So he's he's basically, on the outside, everything that a recovering alcoholic might not be in the early stages of recovery from alcoholism. He's, he's at least projecting that he has figured it out 
that he is that it's awful still. His advice is all it's all really good advice, <laughs> at least in the first scene. Like it's it is a day at a time. It's acceptance of of the the struggle that will keep on going on. Um, but he's presenting very well. He seems to be he seems to be all right, <laughs> and he seems to be very committed to Jackie. He seems to be Jackie thinks of him as a friend. Um, in a lot of ways, more than a sponsor, even he thinks of him as a friend. He thinks that there's been some confiding in him that, 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 that Ralph confides in Jackie. So, so he, he, he goes through the first two scenes that we see Ralph holding that up pretty well, even in his reaction in interactions with Julio, he talks about networking and how it's important for everyone to watch out for each other. And he takes cards from him, asks him his, his advice about hair, <laughs> hair products and how to, how to uh, go bald slower. Um, and so, so he has this, he has this very, uh, this would be a very polished veneer. This, this ability to project well to other people. Right. Like like we've said earlier, I think, you know, he's one of the more seemingly empathetic characters in the play. Uh, and I don't mean that as in the audience empathizes with him. I mean, he seems to have an ability to empathize with other people that yeah. is just beyond the emotional intelligence of the other three characters. Again, Julio's sort of a separate person. So we'll set him aside for now. Um, and he he cares about Jackie and he... He's he's there for him to try to help him hide the gun even after he's made dumb mistakes. And so those are the first two scenes. Talking Jackie out of doing something stupid, giving him advice, teaching him to pray, getting him to journal, getting him to get his life together, and then making sure that he really takes care of business when he now has to deal with this gun and interacting so well and so kindly with Julio. Scene three soon scene two, scene three. And then scene four comes, yeah. and he, we learn, and it says it's. I it might. I would have to flip through and really make sure this is true, but I would say I feel pretty strongly that scene four is the only scene that doesn't have Jackie in it, and the scene is uh, Veronica again, Jackie's gal. They're in a relationship, sort of. And she's telling someone that they need to end this relationship. It was special, but now it's over. We're not going to do this anymore. And out steps Ralph. Yep. And then things start to shift. Mm Mm-hmm. And what ends up – for me, what Ralph ends up exemplifying is maybe one of the themes of the play, which is this moral relativism. This, uh, you know, ultimately I'm in it for me. Yeah. And that's okay. And Ralph being so charismatic, so persuasive, ends up making that sound pretty good. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> yeah, the second to last scene, I mean, we I, I don't want to jump there too soon if we're, if we're still going to hang out in that scene before. He also manipulates in that scene quite a bit. We see a lot of his manipulation well, come out in the scene with Veronica. He is a master persuader and manipulator. You know, it's yeah. interesting having done Richard III so recently <laughs> to think yeah. about Ralph as a sort of Richard III character. Now, he's not the protagonist. I think unequivocally the uh, that's yeah. not the right word. Undebatably the 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 protagonist is Jackie. I mean, without yeah. without really much of a doubt. But he is maybe the central plot maker of this play, and he weaves tales and machinations and persuades people in a way that is very memorable of old Richard. <laughs> He's so good at it. Uh huh. Yeah. Even even the last scene before Jackie Jackie is gonna come back. He's got he's got to get his stuff from. Uh, um, from Ralph and Victoria's house, he's so he been brings staying Julio. there after he moved out of Veronica's place after the yeah. cheating. Yep, and eventually, so he Victoria tells him that Ralph is cheating on her with Veronica. He goes to the place. He has this confrontation with Veronica, and uh, then he goes and meets with his cousin Julio. And his cousin Julio says he'll come with him to the house and go all Van Dam on on Ralph if he needs to, um, because as long as we're right here because of a really sweet story about their childhood and what Jackie did for him in their Let's, childhood. I, I, I love, I love Julio and I love all of that. Let's save that as a way to talk about like Ralph's antithesis. 
Uh, okay. That's not the right word either. I'm struggling today. <laughs> um, antithetical being? Yeah. Well, anti- <laughs> antithesis is the word that I wanted to say, but that's, no, yeah. there's a better word um, that is actually a real word. I'm not sure antithesis is the really, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Ralph's opposite. We'll talk about yeah. Julio as Ralph's opposite, and that story will come into play. Cool, cool. So all that happens, and uh, Jackie comes to the house, right? And and there's this the scene starts. We know that Ralph is cheating on Victoria. We know that she knows that he's cheating, and they're eating pancakes for dinner, right? And they're 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 talking about stuff, and and it's this this scene of he's trying to make things okay. It feels like uh, it it feels like everyone knows that something's wrong, and. They're sitting down. They're eating this meal together. It's like, you know, the the kind of faux romantic meal of breakfast for dinner. And uh, he's he's he, he <laughs> eventually he pushes it too far and she lets him know um, he's he's like, you know, maybe maybe it is time that we should we could go on a cruise or something like that or go down south and it'll be great. And she's like, don't push your luck. <laughs> These pancakes are good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are there are just several scenes, most and really there's one per character, very nearly, if you include that breakfast scene. And where Ralph you see Ralph bizarrely talk people into and out of things. Yeah. I mean, in, in the scene with Veronica, she is again trying to end this affair that she's having with Ralph. And Ralph I mean, the whole scene really is Ralph sort of explaining how she's an addict and how she needs to get out of it and how he wants to be with her and how he can show her how to have this sort of better life because he's managed to overcome his addiction and and all this stuff that that sort of leaves the audience a little bit bewildered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and borderline blackmailing, like talking about how he gave her money at one point and and pulling back real quick and saying, no, 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 I was happy to give you the money. It's fine. And uh, yeah, yeah, it, he's he has a number of these scenes where he tries to walk people in the path that he wants them to, including this last scene where Jackie comes in with a gun, right? Like, right, yeah. So Jackie and and Julio show up. Eventually, Julio leaves. Victoria's already left, and it ends up being just Ralph and Jackie. And it, it, it the truth outs. It comes out, and Jackie's got a gun, and Ralph's. Uh, I mean, amazingly clear goal is not to get shot right? <laughs> or, or eventually when he learns there's no bullets, not to get beat up. And mm-hmm. man, what a scene. Yeah. He, an, an impressive verbal gymnastics again. <laughs> And and also impressive, borderline sociopathic, like self-centered. That's right. I mean, this is where yeah. the moral relativism, really relativism, really comes in. It comes out a little bit before, and now once you know it, you really can go back and see how that worldview influences everything Ralph does. Even that stuff earlier on, where you were like, "Good point, Ralph." Yes, right. way to go. And yeah. really, that's sort of the journey of the character of Ralph is uh, the audience for several scenes going, "Good point, Ralph." Yep. That was right. And then it gets a little grayer when you learn that he was the one cheating on Veronica, uh, cheating with Veronica, and you yeah. start to go, that was still a good point, but now I'm a little uncomfortable. <laughs> and then it gets to the final scene, and Girgis has, has given Ralph the task of convincing Jackie and the audience that it doesn't matter that he had an right. affair, that right. actually he was doing Jackie a favor, that yeah. who cares, nothing matters. I was just, you know, I, I'm a I'm a recovering addict like you, you know, trying to convince us of something incredible, and we start to go, that is a good point. <laughs> That's a... What? No. Wait. What? wait. That's, that's stop that. Don't <laughs> stop making so much sense. <laughs> there, there's one sneaky line in there that I think just barely tips us away from just uh, kind of going along with his reasoning. I mean, of course, his reasoning, his reasoning is is well laid out. I guess is is what we're trying to work around. It is uh, pretty reprehensible still, but it's well laid out. But there's a line in there that at least sticks out in my head that he talks about friendships. He basically he tells Jackie that he's not his friend and that anyone you meet after 25 is not your friend. <laughs> You're like an associate. There's there's something that you get from them. There's a transaction going on and and you're never going to be friends with them. And then the next, pretty much like two lines down, 
he tries a different tactic with Jackie and he says, well, maybe we could be friends if we stop. If I stop being your sponsor, I need someone to confide in. And he's just kind of like scrabbling by the end of this scene in, in like, uh, like the rugs being pulled out from under him kind of way. That's interesting. I don't agree. And Ooh. perhaps because uh, I, I listened to the audio play, I listened to how one actor played it. And, and I that is certainly one playing of Ralph. But I think another playing of Ralph is that he's he is in control and in charge that whole scene from really – you know, he he's physically not, especially if he cast Jackie as a larger actor, but even so with the gun and then Jackie has this sort of crazy associate we never meet that very well, that has like the ability to come and murder Ralph. So he's right. got that physical threat hanging over it. But Ralph is so good at manipulating and especially so good at manipulating Jackie hmm. that uh, you know, every every time he makes Jackie turn his head and he says one thing this way and one thing this way and just keeps Jackie off balance trying desperately to keep up with the pace of the conversation and the, all this stuff spewing out of Ralph's mouth. <laughs> and ultimately, the only thing that, that Jackie is left saying is... um, the, You know, I, I just don't agree. You know, Jackie doesn't... He doesn't have yeah. a debate. He doesn't have an argument. He says, it's right here. He says, your worldview, it ain't mine. And the day it is, that's the day I shoot myself in the head. It, yeah. Ultimately, all Jackie can do is respond and say, I don't think that way. And what is it? I mean, Jackson, what is the way that Ralph thinks? This sort of moral relativism. Well, it's kind of along the lines of we can still be friends, right? After this all happened, that that it doesn't matter, that 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 what I did to you doesn't matter anymore. It's that that we can move on past this and 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 exist in this world where we can cheat on each other's wives, cheat on cheat on each other's wives all yeah, the time, pretty much. It's like it nothing matters. That's the moral relativism that 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 I can do whatever is best for me in the moment, whatever makes me happy and whatever makes you happy is fine. We're recovering. We're just taking it a day at a time. You know, he actually says um, uh, something like, yeah, I, I know that you all had a chance to sleep with Victoria the other day. Heck, you should do it. And if you yeah. do it, have a great time. Just don't tell me about it. And don't be here when I don't get home because I like hanging out with my wife. I don't want you around. But I don't really <laughs> care if you sleep with her. Yeah. Yeah, which is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's gross. It yeah. makes you feel gross, but partially because Jackie is not a wordsmith and because he has a hard time keeping pace with the just the amount of clearly clearly articulated tactics coming out of Ralph's mouth, one right after the other, just this, uh, this bombarding of, you know, classic moral relativism arguments framed in their specific context that keeps Jackie reeling. He really can't keep up with the pace of conversation. Yeah, I agree with you that 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 Ralph certainly dominates both both uh, uh, metaphorically, but also literally on the page. His lines are paragraphs, and Jackie's lines are one lines. <laughs> Like that's the, the the most of this scene is is a back and forth of that kind of balance where Ralph will lay out a whole series of thoughts and then Jackie will try to respond and then by the time he's done Ralph is ready with another line of thoughts he just keeps him off balance the whole time. Yeah, here's a great example of that. So they're specifically talking about the fact that Ralph has been going behind Jackie's back and sleeping with Jackie's partner and so Ralph says, "Well, you 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 slept with that dumb AA girl last month." I'm changing some of the foul language. Why would you do that? And Jackie says, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, uh. And Ralph says, well, I'll tell you why you did that because nothing matters. Be and I'm not, and now I'm paraphrasing because I don't want to read so much from the script. He just says, because you had parts and she had parts and it felt good. Oh, and by the way, you know, you were sitting in prison when I was sleeping with v Veronica. You had a picture of her and you were looking at the picture and you were happy and I was doing the real thing and I was happy. We were both <laughs> happy. It doesn't matter. Why doesn't would we, matter. why do we have to feel bad about that everybody was happy we all win right yeah yeah what it's is this like, truth that has to be out here right yes <laughs> yeah. and, and it's one of those things where it's, i mean somebody with uh the ability to just go back and forth with ralph they wouldn't ralph wouldn't argument probably wouldn't seem so potent but against right. jackie who's in such a wildly lost place in his life that he's forced to turn to somebody like ralph who other characters describe as sort of a phd in bullshit a phd right. in master persuading manipulation 
because mm-hmm. Jackie is forced to turn to somebody like this for some direction, he has a hard time turning into the breeze, you know, holding yeah. up to the strong wind that he's been sailing along with so long. Well, and, yeah, and this, I mean, we've talked about the length of this play being short, but also the time that passes in this play is quite short. And within within a day, Jackie goes from completely trusting Ralph as his sponsor, as his friend, as his confidant, as kind of his fellow conspirator in, with, with, the, with hiding the gun and everything, to he completely betrayed me. And 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 he is still living very much in that reaction of he completely betrayed me when he comes over and gets this this barrage, as you were saying, of of comments from from Ralph. Well, yeah. And so much of what Jackie's interaction with Ralph has been has been Jackie coming with some stupid emotional reaction and Ralph telling him, grow up, be a man. Here's how you should really think about it the right way. So this scene becomes sort of that same pattern, but this time Jackie knows at core he's right. And he keeps saying things like, that's wrong. Your way of thinking is not a good way to live. It's crazy. And Ralph keeps saying things like, well, then what is the best way to live? The world sucks. Everything sucks. (laughs) So why don't we just do what we can to take care of ourselves? Grow up. Be a man. You didn't want me to sleep with Veronica. You should have taken better care of her. But you didn't, and I did, and now we're going to move on and be friends. Yeah. (laughs) And, yeah, Jackie just says no, which is the correct reaction. All right. Finally, at the end, it's like... No, so that's the Ralph worldview. And maybe for me, kind of one of the core question marks of the play is how how does this worldview hold up? But then, as we mentioned earlier, we have this other character of Julio. And other than just being comic relief, there there's sometimes a sense that uh, I mean, it does, does the character have any real point? Other than just being funny, very funny character. Says yep. some hilarious. There's a great uh, bit of comedic writing where Jackie's waking up from being hungover and Julio's trying to feed him these eggs. And there's this great dialogue about the, oh, it's it's power. Look at all this power I'm feeding you with these proteins. And it's protein. It's, and- I mean, it's so funny. But yep. I think, see if you what you think about this, Jackson. I think Julio exists as sort of... Um, the, the opposite, that word I tried to say earlier, the opposite of Ralph, a totally different worldview. Absolutely. Um, he is, there, there's a note at the beginning that Stephen Edley Gerges includes, and, and, he, and he talks about him being honorable and full of decorum. He is a funny character. He says that, yes, he is supposed to be funny, but don't fall for the track that, trap that he's just like, you know, kind of a stooge or, or uh, you know, a, a wingman who can be called upon at need. He is he is uh, this kind of pillar of family that Jackie is connected to. People who love him on a deeper level than than these other people who are around him. And uh, it kind of, I, 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 I kind of like the direction you're heading, which is he kind of serves as this paragon of something else, something outside of the world that Jackie is kind of tailspinning in, that he occasionally wraps his way around to and experiences, and then tailspins again back into his world. Right, and and, and structurally, there are some important connections here, right? First of all, you meet Julio in the context of Ralph, and they seem very aligned, Julio and Ralph. And then throughout the play, they become less aligned. And so in terms of theme, you think of like these two worldviews that start looking very similar or very confusingly gray to Jackie and then become more and more disparate, more and more clear, sharply defined throughout the course of the play. You also have things like the fact that Julio represents somebody who, even though he doesn't like Jackie, even though it doesn't benefit him at all, is willing to step in and take care of Jackie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And willing to willing to put a lot of himself on the line. Even, even though in the last scene he told him to get out and, you know, not be around here anymore, he's willing to go and help him get his stuff. And, and basically, because Jackie can't be uh, caught on his parole fighting with people, he's willing to beat up someone for him and claims that he can. Yeah, and and really, the audience might, at the end of the play, be tempted to probably uh, very correctly say, you know, of the two guys, really, really, Jackie should have listened to Julio <laughs> a lot more than Ralph. 
Julio oh, yeah. has a good head on his shoulders, which it seemed like Ralph did at the beginning, but you find that Julio has a deeper, uh, more fulfilling worldview, one where we we take care of each other, we go to bat for each other. You know, after the whole, I think that's why the monologue about how Jackie doesn't like or how how uh, Julio doesn't like Jackie in their first scene together is so crucial because a lot of Rack of Ralph and Jackie's relationship is that they're friends, that they're right. buddies, and that they're chums. And you find out that there's nothing deeper. That even despite the fact that they <laughs> like each other, their Ralph thinks oh, we're just associates, so I can still stab you in the back right. when I want to. But for Julio, we're not associates. I don't like you. We're not friends. We have nothing in common. We don't hang out. You treat me badly. But even despite all that, not only am I willing to not stab you in the back, I'm willing to put myself on the line, like you said. Hide Mm -hmm. the gun. Go get in a fight for you. Yep. Interestingly, and this is is kind of a a messy thought to connect to that, but it kind of, the, the reason, some of the reason why that is kind of proves Ralph's point about the friends after 25 thing. We find out that a lot of, uh, a lot of reason why Julio goes in this last scene is because he remembers a time when Jackie stood up for him when he first moved here from Puerto Rico or moved to New York from Puerto Rico. He, he talks about the first time they all got high together and, uh, uh, they had the option to go off to this party that uh that, that 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 some of the friends were wanting to go to and they invited Jackie but didn't want Julio along and Jackie like leaves Julio thinks that he's been left alone in the city and Jackie comes back for him and uh and and they end up spending the day together i think playing playing in an arcade or something like that if i remember correctly but this is a a friendship that has been around for a long time even though it's not one that that comes to the surface all that often and it's one based on sacrifice for each other and Jackie doesn't return that. So, it, you know, it's um, unrequited sacrifice, unreturned yeah. sacrifice. Jackie doesn't give that back to Julio at all. So Julio doesn't get much other than just wanting to take care of him. And it, it's interesting when you look at how oddly similar Ralph and Julio are painted to be early in the play. And you just discover how different they are. You know, even just something as simple as they're both health nuts, you know? Right. One yeah. more in workout, one more in nutrition. But there's this sense that Jackie in that in that scene three between Ralph and Julio has these two people around him and he's picked aside. He's picked to be on Ralph's team. And he ends up maybe through the play paying for that decision and learning how empty Ralph's team really is and how full Julio's team might have been had he chosen to go that way. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that as as kind of like the choice there in scene three, but it is is absolutely a choice because like <laughs> Julio offers him a, a way to to navigate this outside of it and Ralph encourages him the other way and that sets off the events of of the rest of the play that's yeah and 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 to have that contrast between them as well and to see it slowly devolve i i almost wish there was a van damme moment at the end where you got to see them kind of have at each other have well, Ralph yeah, I mean, and you do, uh, Julio not not Julio because Julio steps out but but Jackie ends up and the reason why it's important for Julio to leave is that Jackie then ends up deciding to be in Julio's world, right? Yeah. He gets to choose Julio's worldview for himself. He gets it's finally laid out on the table, and it's no more BS. It's no more the, you know this we're we're buddies, so I'm more inclined to side with you. It's no more you're a former addict like I am, so I'm inclined to believe you instead of Julio, who's still struggling with a lot of this stuff. Finally, it's laid out, and Ralph says, "Here's what I think about the world. Here's what's gotten." me to where I am and Jackie finally then for himself has to reject that and choose to more closely align himself with the Julios of the world right yeah I well I think I think that's about all the time that we have for the end of the for 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 this play this is a this is a great play to read it was nice to read all in one sitting and you can get through it quite quickly um and, and uh and and you just get to kind of experience pretty viscerally these five characters and and a very short time of their life as well I I love getting to just kind of breathe with them basically <laughs> for for 50 some pages it was a, a, a great experience yeah it's a very simple story but the characters make it all worthwhile what yeah. you discover about each person I, I can't say it enough we didn't spend a lot of time talking about it but i just think that scene with victoria is remarkable mm-hmm. it's remarkable writing 
Just just read that scene just for the writing to watch that character start in one place and totally redefine her objectives for the scene and the way that she masterfully manipulates the situations around her and and Jackie trying to push back and and defend his friend. I mean, it's just (laughs) incredible writing and that exists throughout. That, That kind of writing exists throughout. I can't say enough too, if you're willing to suffer through the language and the content, listen to the LA Theater Works production. I think it's $5. It is worth your time. It is so, so, so good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and when you do, if you want to have someone to talk about it and and uh, who is, who've read the play, which is not always the case, if you want to chat with someone about it, we'd love to continue the conversation with you. We are, are, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, username NoScriptPodcast. And uh, we also have an email, NoScriptPodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on any of those uh, spots, and we'd love to keep talking to you about this play. Absolutely. If you like this episode, if you like some of our other episodes, besides becoming a patron, again, that's how you can support us the best, the next best thing is share this episode. Tell your friends about it. Share it on your social media. Help us continue to grow the continually growing No Script community. We've been really blessed by that. You can find the podcast on Podbean where it's hosted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. One of the best ways to find it is to find the link to each new episode, which is posted every, every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah. Well, until next week when we're talking about another play, I think we might do a classic play next week. Or I more. think that's on the docket. Yeah, yeah. So until then, I'm Jackson Nikolai. I'm Jacob Mann Christensen. Thanks for listening to No Script, the podcast. See ya. See ya.